In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when... As his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. For therefore is one for, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And if by grace, then is it no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. In vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith 
in the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. By that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have not now received the atonement. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do, do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Through him. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the word the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Therefore, being justified by faith, (coughs) we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope. Of the glory of God. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you sh- if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, 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 hello. Mm. Okay, so I'm live now. <clears throat> so I'm going to do uh, a little sword searcher study here. We'll look a bit at, at things. Using Sword Searcher, I think. 
and um, the fool is known by his, the multitude of words you know maybe we can go there For for a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and the fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. And uh, that's why a bit that I'm not talking so much on uh, on YouTube. I don't trust Google as a platform either, from because of the censorship we've seen uh, done by Google. I don't trust them. Uh, I think they're evil. To put it simply, and, and YouTube is owned by Google. I don't trust uh, YouTube, so should I be a partaker of their work, YouTube? Because since they're evil, um, or can we use an evil platform for good? And you know that that's why I'm not so active on YouTube any longer. But I still have this setup. Uh, it's good for me to to be able to go through some verses sometimes for myself and so on maybe P I don't know to what degree I want to make it public uh, or not um, because uh, uh, let's see here um Yeah. But but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word. Now, what does that mean? Well, usually when you say things, you add something and you add this little thing afterwards. And that's what I've noticed. Uh, that's how people make mistakes. They They say things that are true and then they add some words to it. And that's why, uh, you know, um, it's uh, people are judging people, you know, people are getting in trouble for what they say today. Um, and uh, um, It says, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if if it first begin at us, what shall be the end to them that obey not the gospel of God? Well, they're going to the lake of fire. But what I've experienced among Christians is that judgment seems to begin at the house of God. That some people, I've even noticed a Christian who had that as his slogan. And he uh, never... Uh, 
uh, he could not keep a secret about anything, but he still wanted to know everything about other people's sins. Uh, and basically, he was judging everyone, and he was um, quite uh, active on forums and Facebook and things like that. And, you know, his slogan was, Judgment shall begin at the house of God, and he was to judge Christians, you know. Uh, so there are some, th this is going on, and I don't know to what degree we need to participate in, in this fight. I don't think we have to participate in, in, the, f in the fights among Christians. Um, but uh, I don't think God has has told us that we, you know, try to make peace with all men, you know. So this is what happens often in churches, but it also happens in any form of congregation or meetings where people start to to basically uh, uh, think that they are the pastor or they, or they have done important work for this person. So now they need to get things back and so on or whatever. It could be anything really. But what I've noticed, this, uh, this is quite common. And, and that's why what I noticed, what fellowship, fellowship between men, Christian men, so to speak, uh, can be just flesh. It can be uh, uh, flesh, all of it. Uh, so it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, has to, has to be any in any holiness or anything in it, and you might not really know it clearly. It, it's it's not stated because people are able to keep their face up, you know. But really, there um, it's not uh, fellowship. There, it's a uh, it's it's flesh. And and I think Gail Ripplinger said something very interesting about this. That uh, I'm always fe she felt wary about men holding hands, you know. Uh, <coughs> why? Why? Because uh, she well, there was a picture of some Masonic triangle, and men were holding hands, and she felt wary about men holding hands, you know. And I, I understand her point with that after fellowship with different uh, Christians that are men, you know, when you try to make friends with these men. Um, some of these people try to destroy you in the end, you know. But, and then you wonder if it wasn't flesh or from the beginning to end, all of it, you know. A fleshly struggle. Um, you have, uh, let's see. Um, now, the works of the flesh is something... Um, let's see, I, I think, it, there it is. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornications, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, rust, strife, sedition, hearsays, envying, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as also I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what does that really mean? Um, first of all, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That does mean that it's something bad about it, you know. Uh, now, uh, in my opinion, it doesn't mean that if you've done any of these sins in your lifetime, you don't go to heaven. Because we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then you are eternally saved and go to heaven. 
But this this scripture is still true. And how is it true then? Well, basically, as I have understood it, uh, we are still living in this world once we're saved. And, and um, you know, the scripture is still true. And when you do these things, something not good is going to come to you, you know. If you shall not inherit the kingdom of God, what does it mean? It's not, not going to lead to something positive for you if you do these things, you know, even as a saved, born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's how I interpret this. Now we see here, now notice these sins there. Here's mentioned things like adultery and then fornication. Um, let's see if there's any uh, murder is mentioned here. Murder, you know. So, so these uh, these are sins that are quite serious. But you notice that there are also sins that that are not that doesn't seem so serious are mentioned here. That can actually that are mentioned. That you will not inherit the kingdom of God when you do this either. And these include uh, things like uh, hatred, you know, variance, emulations. Now, emulations is I think is Im- imitation. So, uh, you're not honest wrath strife strife you know strife is what I what, what ended up uh, a lot when I tried to have fellowship with men it, it ended up in strife uh, and it can also end up in envyings yeah that it ended up in envyings and in maybe revilings also you know and I think this also to some degree um uh, so, so it ended up, uh, but uh, you know, my experience of this is that what I want to say about this is that uh, I've had bad experiences with, uh, you know, if if they try to murder you in there, not not physically murder you, but basically just try to destroy your life because of that you talk to them, um, you know, in the end, uh, I question if Gail Ripplinger wasn't simply right, you know. So should we try to have fellowship with other men as a, as a man, you know? To what degree should we try to have that? I, I doubt that. Uh, and that's what can occur when you go to church, but it can also occur with anyone who, who has this uh, slogan, uh, when two and three are together, Jesus is among them, you know? Because uh, that's why I also turn more to... Uh, taking the communion uh, rather than because where two or three are together Jesus so when you try to realize Christ let's see if I can go there here it is for where two or three are gathered together in my name there I am in the midst of them there are people who have this slogan where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And they put this, you know, as their slogan in uh, meet when they uh, invite people to meetings and so on. So basically, they uh, they want to experience Jesus Christ, but they choose then. These are the nastiest people I've come across. Have these people as their slogan because you know they know that they're gonna um, survive the nastiness because they're nastier. <laughs> than the others so therefore they search uh, contact with other people 
to have meetings with them so that they can experience Jesus Christ. And then when it doesn't work out as they wish or whatever, then they simply try to destroy those people, you know. So if you're really nasty, this works out. And the guy that, uh, um, yeah, the guy that, this guy that was, uh, judgment shall begin at the house of God. He was also into this, where two or three are among, that Jesus is among them. So some really nasty people can, of course, because they know that if they're together with people, they're going to win. Because they win from so close social contact, because they're nastier in close social contact than 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 most people are. So most people are trying to be friendly in close social contact, and that's the mistake people do when they're dealing with these people. And uh, but anyway, I was going to talk a bit about. Uh, uh, Yeah, well, I was going to talk about false accusers. Now, false accusers are mentioned in 2 Timothy 3. And it's not just false accusers, but there are some qualities there that we're told to turn away from. Uh, like covenant breakers, you know, truth breakers. Truth breakers, it says. Uh, let's see, doesn't it say covenant breakers as well? Uh... Oh, it doesn't. Uh, but it does say truth, truth breakers. Uh, and um, let's see. Yeah, maybe I should check also that this is working. That I have. Uh, yeah, it seems to be working. See? Yeah, so I have sound as well, and this is working. Okay, so <coughs> it doesn't say covenant breakers, but it does say uh, truce breakers. Truce breakers. Uh, and that's interesting. There is a difference between a covenant breaker and a truth breaker. I think that's very interesting. You know, because nobody could can keep the covenant completely, but they, there are those who who uh, who break the peace with people. You know, we should try to be at peace with all men. And uh, uh, yeah. But false accusers, there, there is a misconception of what false accusers is. In my opinion, someone say false accuser is someone who, who denies your salvation, your eternal salvation. I, I don't think that's a false accuser. I think that's reason for disfellowshipping someone. You might uh, want to explain to the person the gospel and you know, say, no, this is the way it is. But it might be necessarily in the, in the end to disfellowship someone that claims you're lost if you're saved simply because they will uh, not understand and they will be uh, they might be wolves in sheep clothing and so on if you know uh but um, um but uh it's not uh 
it's not um, a reason for uh, it's not a false accusation what is a false accusation is falsely accusing someone to to the cops or to the justice system like was done to Joseph in uh, uh, when he was falsely accused by this woman who who was the wife of Pharaoh uh, and he ended up in jail for it so that's a false accusation and it is uh, that's the definition of false accusation someone that that falsely accuses you of a crime basically to get you uh, your life destroyed that's a false accusation and um, um, this is uh, I think this this might be common among among in churches that falsely accusing someone is saying you're not saved and I think that to some degree you know to keep church working you can't have people go around and say that you're not saved or they're not saved because it will uh, probably destroy uh, the spiritual working of the church if people do that a lot of people you know church is based on income and money and so on and there there can often be people who are in church who are not saved and who uh, who never will be saved and who give a lot of money to the church and without them uh, the church might have to close down or the pastor loses his job or her job or whatever so this stuff about denying people salvation in church uh, is something I don't think they tolerate simply because uh, of financial reasons you know so but it's, it's it can still be true you know so uh my experience with church is that you know church is there's nothing wrong with church as long as you realize what it is it it's uh not necessarily a group of saints you know so if you realize that then uh, church is not dangerous really church becomes dangerous if you think it's uh it's the God on earth and so on. Because it's not, you know. But there might be saved, saved, there are saved people in the church generally. You know, they do exist in church. So, um, just that, like, just like they exist outside of church. So, so this stuff about, but that's why, and the, we have that. I, I can go there also in, in Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with the measure you meet, you shall be measured to you again. This is talking about uh, people getting judged by men here on earth, not by God, by men here on earth, you know. Because we're not judged as, as believers, we're not judged by God, but we can be judged by men here on earth. And so that's why it's good to not judge. Um but you can uh, yeah I'm also gonna go look at a bit uh, 1 Corinthians 15 56 here O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. 
but thanks be to God which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. So uh, um, we see here that the you know the law what are you talking about here when they say the law it's about Moses law so the, there are different strengths of sins and they're defined in Moses law and you have uh, uh, sins that w- they stone people to death for in the Old Testament and then you have other sins that they didn't do that with so there are different strengths of sin and the sting of death is sin so And what is that talking about? That's talking about physical death. So a born-again believer can commit a sin that causes that born-again believer to physically die. You know, and uh, they might not die. They might just get sick. You know, they might get infirmities of the flesh and die earlier than they would have died if they had not committed the sin. But they might not die at the moment they do this sin. They might die at the age of 50 instead of at the age of 70, for example, or or whatever. Um, So Moses' law still stands in that sense that there are consequences of sins for born-again believers. So how would it say then if all things work out for good to them that love God? We see if we go to Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So how does that fit then? If Let's say you have a born-again believer and that person goes and fornicates and, and gets some disease that causes that person to die and an early death in, in uh, you know, or whatever. Some person gets cancer or whatever, you know, People get some disease and they die miserable. You die a death that isn't, you know, it's not so nice to not be able to walk or something. Maybe some people can't walk for years before they die, you know, at least for, yeah, it, it's different a bit. But in any way, we have this possibility that, that, so how does this work out for good to them that love God? Didn't these people love God then since they committed these sins, you know? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the call according to his purpose. That sounds like, oh, every your life is going to be blessed. Whatever you do is going to be blessed. Because you love, not whatever you do, but you, since you're saved. And if it's not blessed, if your life is not blessed, then it, you weren't one of these people who loved God, you know. You thought you were. You're going to burn in hell or something. But this is not how this is to be interpreted. The way to interpret this is that because you have martyrs, the martyrs, some of these martyrs were were tortured before they died, you know. Uh, But they went to heaven. And it's the same thing with anyone who is a born-again believer. No matter what sin they commit after they have been saved, they go to heaven. So therefore, you know, you get consequences for sin. Uh, You can get infirmities in the flesh and early death, all kinds of stuff, but uh, you still go to heaven when you die. And because of this, um, that's the way to interpret this. You know, these verses.
Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah. So some people will interpret this that, well, he wasn't uh, one of the called then, since things went wrong for him. You know, that's work salvation. Yeah, that's lordship work salvation, where they basically scrap you from the group because you didn't... Uh, uh, something went wrong for you you know or whatever but uh, you can be scrapped from groups for all sorts of reasons but um, um, basically you committed some sins and therefore you don't qualify to be uh, go to heaven or something Th this is uh, a heresy uh, that is uh, that you find among Christians now we're gonna go look for something else here okay so double tongued uh, it only exists once in the kingdom's bible likewise must the deacon deacons be grave and dub not double tongued and not given too much wine not greedy or filthy lucre, lucre holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience so you can find people who who seem to be doing prophecy and they are interesting to listen to. They say a lot of truth. They give you peace of mind. Uh, they edify you through their through their preaching or whatever you want to call it. They're speaking, but they're double tongued, you know. Uh, and uh, they're not suitable for having a ministry really or they're not suitable they you know it's not that they're not suitable for preaching or prophesying or so on but they're not suitable for dealing with a group of people and being in charge of a group of people you know they're not deacons you know they're double tongued what does double tongue mean you know uh, in my opinion it's uh you just notice you you have to carefully study them because double tongued is something you don't find if you don't look for it. Um, you can it can be so that you don't notice it, you don't discern it, so you can be fooled by these people. But when you start thinking, is this person double tongued? Uh, then you will start to notice it if you wait for for some time. You have you might take you know, 30 minutes or so of listening to them and you'll realize this person is double tongued or maybe more. Maybe you listen to them, you know, for hours, but eventually you, rea rea you realize that they're double tongued. You know, they, they like, they, 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 they uh, um, no, let's see. So there, there are th these people can exist. People that are saved, they might be saved. You know, I'm not saying you know c can person not be saved if they, if they're, um, if they're preaching. If they let's say let's say this, can you not be saved? Or yeah, you cannot be saved. But can you be saved? Is do you have? There are some people have very uh, high demands on how you preach the gospel and if you don't preach it that way then you're not saved 
you know. But I think people can be saved. They they might have reasons for preaching the gospel the way they do. They might be you know, whatever, you know, but they may still be saved. So I think there can be people around there who are double-tongued and saved, born-again born again Christians who are double-tongued, you know. And how do we deal with these people? We realize they're, they're not able to, to, be, to take the role of a deacon. And what does a deacon do? Well, a deacon, I think, is somehow, you know, overseeing the, it's the overseer, overseeing the, the congregation to some degree, you know, when the apostle is not there. And there, we don't have apostles today, as far as I know. So uh, it's someone that, that it's a, it, it, I think it's also says somewhere that they must be able to rule their own house, you know. And that's uh, a bit also what uh, this is about. Uh Yeah, that's also a bit what this is about. That uh, because the congregation is a is a house kind of where if you can't, so they are kind of ruling the the house. These deacons, and uh, you know, so if you're double tongue, I've met these people. They double tongue, but they can they can you can be edified by what they say, you know, so. Be careful with with, real, with with putting people on a pedestal and thinking that they have to be uh, a certain way to be born again or something, uh, or or you know, well, because a lot of people what I've found say things that aren't true and they or they just are not capable of dealing with situations, social situations. They're not capable of dealing with it in a constructive manner, manner uh, but they might still be saved, you know. You know, and might still be you might still be able to be edified by them, by their preaching. You know, so uh, yeah. And then I let's see if I should do this. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so now I loaded some verses here into. These are the verses um, that I think I think these are kind of appropriate to be used uh, for evangelizing. Uh, I think th m many of these verses are interesting in that sense that they they can be appropriate to the be used for evangelizing. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. You know, so when you evangelize, uh, just using "believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved," that might not be enough for someone, or something. Say, I, I would say, they have to realize that they're sinner first, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and then they have to then believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that uh, thou shalt be saved. That's that's the simplicity of the gospel, but. Uh, when you evangelize, they might need more meat on the bone to to know who you're talking about 
when you say Jesus Christ or whatever. I don't know really, but I think to some degree it can be interesting uh, with these verses. For there are three that be record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So this is talking about... uh, you know, introducing Jesus Christ as in a biblical manner to these people. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that there, though this man is preached unto you, that through through this man is preached unto the forgiveness of sins. And that's really what Jesus Christ is about, that we have forgiveness of sins through him. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Nobody was able to keep the law of Moses. So how are you going to be good enough for heaven? Well, you can't, to be honest. You can't be honest by any other way and through believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's an important thing in evangelization for people to realize that. They can't go to heaven by, you know, f- strictly following Moses' law. You can't. Nobody gets to heaven that way. You have only through faith in Jesus Christ. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So it's through his blood. It's not our blood that takes us to heaven. It's his blood. Yeah, that's also important to realize. You know, or, I mean, I'm not saying you have to have that in the gospel for people to get saved, because it's enough, it says, even to those who believe on his name, you know, and his name is Jesus Christ. So, uh, so uh, th- there is this thing like simplicity of the gospel, but some people just will not uh, be able to realize uh, and I think some people are just uh, too far gone into accusing. And some people are reprobates in the sense that they will never get saved. It doesn't matter what you do to them. They will never believe. So that these people do exist. That's Otherwise, there wouldn't be people going to the lake of fire. 
but um, I still still think that when looking at these horses, we can see that they might give more meat on the bone to 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 the person hearing them to realize what what you're talking about. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself; it's the gift of God, not the works, lest any man should boast. And if by grace, then it's no more of works; otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if but if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more work. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. In vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So here we have what the scripture says is the gospel, because it says he, he says it here. Unto you the gospel. So Paul does say this is the gospel, you know. So here we have the gospel. Uh, then we should, that we should be the praise of, of his glory who first trusted in Christ. In whom you also trusted after you, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, you were sealed, sealed with the Holy, with that Holy Spirit of promise. So people are sealed. Once they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's a very... So that's the simplicity in the gospel. Then you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you're sealed. You cannot lose it. You cannot lose your salvation no matter what you do. After that. which, But you know you will still suffer consequences for sins. You know. So you know like. If you murder someone you're most likely going to jail. You know for a long time. Even if you're born again. So it's not like the consequences of sins are removed. In, in this life but you have been eternally forgiven which is the honest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto, unto the praise of his glory and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith for all have sinned and, sinned and come short of the glory of God and not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. <clears throat> For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath 
through him. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, of his cross the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be things on in earth or things in heaven therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into his grace into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so that was it for this time.